0: to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the broken covenant as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: So we turn to Jeremiah, the 11th chapter, as we continue... Our study through the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 11 begins a new section of the book. Not a whole new division, but it's a new message. And Jeremiah is divided into many messages that the Lord gave to him. With chapter 10, we concluded the message of the Lord to Jeremiah that he was to give at the temple gate. Now he is to give a message to the people concerning their broken covenant with God. Now, you remember when God brought the children of Israel into the land, it was on a conditional basis. It was conditioned upon their obedience to God and to his commandments. So they were commanded, when you come into the Country, you take it over. There in the valley where Shechem is, there are two hills. One is Gerizim, one is Mount Ebal. And a part of the tribes were to, some of the men from the tribes were to stand on Mount Gerizim, others were to stand on Mount Ebal. And from Mount Ebal, they were to cry out the curses that would come upon the people if they Disobeyed the covenant and the commandments of God. Cursed be he. And and all the people down the valley, as these guys would yell out these various curses that would come upon those that turn from God, they would answer or respond, Amen, amen. And then from the other side, agrees them, they pronounce the blessings. And of course, these are found in Deuteronomy as God laid forth for them the covenant and really the conditions by which you will inherit this land. Blessed are they that obey the law of the Lord. Amen, amen. Blessed are they that walk in his statutes. Blessed are they. And and so uh, it must have been quite a scene as more than a million people gathered in the valley and these guys were calling down these curses and blessings which were the basis, the covenant, the basis by which they were to inherit this land that God had promised unto Abraham. Now, God is officially declaring to them that they have broken that covenant. So God is no longer bound by that covenant to give to them this land, for they have broken the covenant of God. So this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of this covenant. Now this is one of the curses that was cried from uh, Mount Ebal. And so he is repeating the one cry from Ebal. When I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do them according to all which I command you, so shall you be my people and I will be your God. That's the condition, if you will obey these commandments and do them. Now, Paul speaks of one of the mistakes that the Jews had made in his epistle to the Romans and that it was having the law, just because they had the law, they felt they were all right. But he said it isn't having the law, it's keeping the law that is important. Just because you have the law really doesn't mean anything. In fact, it could be greater condemnation if you're not keeping it. James said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only because that's deceptive. So many times because we do hear the law of God, because we know the law of God, because God has given us his commandments... We feel that's enough. No. With knowledge is responsibility, and the greater the knowledge, the greater the responsibility. The responsibility to obey and to do what we know is right. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. It's evil. So it isn't just having the law of God. It isn't just having the covenant. It is keeping. It is obeying and the emphasis doing that which God has commanded. Now, God said, the commandment that I gave to your fathers when I said, obey my voice and do them according to all which I command you, so shall you be my people. On this basis, you will be my people, I will be your God. This is the basis upon which I will claim you as my people, upon which you can claim me as your God that I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers to give them a land that is flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Now, I promise to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. Look around. The land is flowing with milk and honey. I've kept my part of the covenant, God is saying. I've kept my promise, the oath that I made to Abraham when I said, I will give to you and your seed this land. God said, I've kept my part of the covenant, but the people have broken their part. Then answered I and said, Amen, O Lord. So be it means, or amen means, so be it, and in the Hebrew it is amen, O Lord. So he responded with the cry that the people cried out there in the valley at Shechem when the guys were up on a mountain, giving the curses and the blessings. He responded as the people did, as God said to him, you know, this is the basis upon which I'll be your God and you'll be my people. And he says, amen, so be it, O Lord. Then the Lord said unto me, proclaim all of these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, hear ye the words of this covenant and do them. So it isn't enough to hear. We must be doers. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked everyone in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all of the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. So, God is speaking to the nation in an official sense concerning their having broken that covenant, and thus they can expect those curses that were pronounced upon them from Mount Ebal and uh, the the curses that would befall them for their breaking of that covenant of God. Now, if you go back into Deuteronomy, uh, the 28th chapter, here in, well, beginning with chapter 27, verse 9, it tells you about this incident there at Mount Ebal and how that these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. Uh, and then, on verse thirteen, the tribes that were to stand on Mount Ebal to pronounce the curses, and so, in verse fifteen, cursed be the man that makes any graven image an abomination to the Lord. Well, God is telling in the broken covenant here that as as many as are their cities that's how many gods they have that they've in Jerusalem on every corner have built an altar to some pagan deity. And so the very first thing that God pronounces a curse upon, they're guilty of uh, these false gods that they were worshiping. And so all of these curses, you notice each verse uh, beginning with 16 on to the end of the chapter, uh, begins with a curse upon them if they would break the covenant. And it tells the covenant and all. Now, in chapter twenty-eight, God enumerates what the curses will be. In verse sixteen, cursed shalt thou be in the city and in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store, or their their food supplies would run low. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of the land, the increase of your cattle and flocks, sheep. Cursed. Shalt thou be when you come in? Cursed shalt thou be when you go out. And the Lord will send upon you the cursing vexation and so forth. He'll make the pestilence to cleave to you. He'll smite you with consumption. Verse 22. And verse 25, He'll cause you to be smitten before your enemies. The Lord will smite you, verse 27, with a botch of Egypt, whatever that was. And, but it doesn't sound good, does it? And, uh, so He tells all of these Things that are going to transpire if they break the covenant Now Jeremiah is pronouncing, you've done it You've broken the covenant of God Therefore the curses are going to be coming upon you Because they obeyed not nor inclined their ear But they walked everyone in the imagination of their evil heart Therefore I will bring upon them words, the words of the covenant Which I commanded them to do, but they did them not and the Lord said unto me, A conspiracy is found among the men of Judah, among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They are turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words. And they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not... Hearken unto them What a tragic position for a person to get into Where he has gone so far That God says, that's it Even when they cry unto me, I'm not going to listen They've gone too far They've they've taken that step over And it's, it's gone too far And even though they cry unto me I will not listen Very, very tragic indeed and we find God even telling Jeremiah, look, don't even pray for them anymore. Just that's it. They've had it. I've had it. And uh, I, I'm not going to handle it anymore. Now, you remember this morning we ex- explained to you the historic background. Josiah the king, a good king, who had reigned for 31 years, who had brought the spiritual reforms, had died in a battle against Pharaoh Necho there at Megiddo and he was killed in that battle and so Jehoahaz seized the throne now Jehoahaz was an extremely wicked man and immediately reintroduced the worship of Baal and all of these other gods that Josiah had sort of cleansed out of the land Now Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, was the most wicked king of all. He was the one that really started the whole downward trend into that never-never land of oblivion, away from God. But Josiah had instituted reforms, but now Jehoiah plunges them right back in to the sins of your forefathers or the sins that were brought upon them by Manasseh. And so God complains to them. They have broken the covenant which I made with your fathers because you've turned back to the iniquities of your forefathers. That would be during the time of Manasseh. So God declares, then shall, verse 12, Then shall the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem go and cry unto the gods. If they cry to me, I'm not going to hear. Let them cry unto their gods, unto whom they offer incense. But they shall not save them at all in the time of their trouble. These little gods that they were worshiping had no power to help, to hear. Actually, you remember how that uh, so often in the Psalms and uh, in the prophecy of Isaiah, God spoke out or the psalmist spoke out against the worship of these false gods and showed the idiocy of it all because a man would take a stick and from the stick carve out a little idol And with part of the stick, he would kindle his fire to bake his bread. And yet, to this part of the stick that he carved out as a little god, he says, that's my god. But with the same stick, part of it is being burned in the fire, being consumed, and yet, you know, the idiocy to say, hey, this little wood thing is a god, you know, and and to... Pray to it and to worship and so forth. It's a work of his hands. He's created it himself. And he put eyes on it, the psalmist said, but they can't see. He put ears on it, but he can't hear. He put feet on it, but they can't walk. How foolish. You've got a God that can't hear. You've got a God that can't see. A God that can't talk. So they'll cry unto their gods, but they won't hear. Why? Because they can't hear. They are not really gods. But... (laughs) That's when, of course, uh, when when the, the chips are down, when trouble comes, that's when you really want to call upon God. But it's tragic if you've turned your back upon God so long that when you get to that place of desperation and you call upon God, you say, Oh, God, God, help me. And he just shakes his head and said, I'm not your God. You haven't been worshiping me. You've been living after your own pleasure. You've been walking after your own de- desires. You're not serving me. Don't call unto me. I'm not your God. Don't call me God. I haven't been your God. Oh, that would be tragic indeed. And yet God said, that's what's going to happen. They'll call into me, but I say, hey, I'm not your God. You call into your gods that you've been worshiping because I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to answer you. For God said, according to the number of thy cities were also thy gods, O Judah, according to the number of the streets in Jerusalem. Have you set up altars to that shameful thing, even altars to burn incense to bell? Now, isn't that horrible? Here in the city of God, glorious Jerusalem, on every corner an altar and incense burning unto the God bell. Therefore, God said, don't pray to me for this people. Jeremiah, just don't pray to me anymore about them. Neither lift up a cry or a prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me because of their trouble. So Jeremiah is commanded not to pray for them anymore. I mean, a person is really out when God says, hey, don't pray for them anymore. another place, God said, don't pray for their good. If you do, I'm not going to hear you. How tragic when God says of a person, that's it, that's enough. Don't even pray for them anymore. They've gone too far You say, is it possible for a man to go that far? The scripture teaches it is God said, my spirit will not always strive with man Man can go so far in his rejection of Jesus Christ That God says, okay, that's it You want to live that way? You want to walk that way? Have at it But never call unto me For if you do, I won't even listen Therefore, they could not believe, John says in 1238 of his gospel. So Israel had gone over the line from which there is no return. What hath my beloved to do in my house? God said. Seeing she hath wrought lewdness with many, and the holy flesh is passed from thee. When you do evil, you rejoice in it. The Lord called thy name, a green olive tree, fair and of goodly fruit, and the noise of a great tumult. He's kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. For the Lord of hosts that planted thee hath pronounced evil against thee for the evil of the house of Israel and the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger in offering incense unto Baal. And the Lord hath given me knowledge of it, and I know it. Then thou showedest me their doings. So this is is the message that Jeremiah had to take to the people. No wonder the people didn't like it. No wonder they were going to kill him. Man, he was saying harsh things. So uh, Jeremiah, now in verse 19, speaks of himself and the problems that he was running into. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew that they had been devising devices against me saying let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof let us cut him off from the land of the living that his name will be no longer remembered so there, there were men that were conspiring to kill him but the Lord of hosts that judges righteously that tries the reins. now the rains uh, are you know that which guides and directs the uh, the animal you Use the reins for uh, leading or guiding And so that is the, the guiding area of your life and, and a lot of people haven't given the reins over to the Lord They're trying to guide their lives themselves But God tries the reins in the heart Let me see thy vengeance And now Jeremiah's praying Oh God, let me see your vengeance on thee. They're plotting to kill me, Lord Now let me see your vengeance on them for unto thee have I revealed my cause. There is within the Christian circles today sort of a, I feel it's a, it's a, it's a phony, kind of a, you know. Oh, but we're to love everybody, brother. You know, and and uh, even the wicked and all, and 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 you know we're never to think any thoughts of vengeance, or uh, we're never to think any thoughts of. Uh, you know, God destroy the wicked kind of a thing, but and there 's almost a weakness in our position against wickedness and against sin because of this prevailing attitude. Oh, well, we ought to be forgiving and all. yes, we ought to be forgiving, yes, we ought to love, and i don 't deny that, and i 'm not denying that but there is also a time when we need to be calling for God's righteous judgment.
0: We'll continue with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 11 when visiting the Word org. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: May the Lord be with you. May He fill you with His love, with His Spirit, with His grace. That you might show forth that grace of God in your dealings with others. You might manifest the spirit, the nature of Jesus Christ in your relationship with others. That you might walk, even as He walked, in Jesus' name.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. How always believe in you?
1: It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. And that is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.